to Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems Tech Talk podcast. Our goal is to bring you useful information and offer solutions for your applications and analytical needs. Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems represents a group of companies existing of Teledyne Techmar, Teledyne SeaTech, Teledyne Lehman Lab, and Teledyne Hastings. Welcome to the Tax Talks podcast. I'm Amy Nutter, VOC Applications Chemist at Teledyne Techmar, and today we will be discussing the 2014 Elk River chemical spill. Our guest speaker is Naranjan Salar, the Water Quality and Treatment Laboratory Manager at Greater Cincinnati Waterworks, where he has been working for 18 years. Naranjan has a master degree from India in organic chemistry and a master of science in analytical chemistry from the University of Cincinnati. Before working with Greater Cincinnati Waterworks, he spent five years at an environmental lab working with petrochemical, wastewater, and drinking water industry sample analysis. His main focus is developing analytical methods for emerging contaminants and unexpected spills in the Ohio River and to mitigate the problems in the drinking water treatment process at Greater Cincinnati Waterworks. He manages sophisticated instrumentation for organic and metals lab analysis for drinking water, US EPA, Ohio EPA, and Kentucky water method analysis, such as the Teledyne Techmar fusion for TOC for total organic carbon, LCMSMS for PPCPs, EDCs, PFAs, bisphenol A, and 1,4-dioxanes, GCMSMS for pesticides and herbicides, GCMS with our very own Teledyne Techmar Lumen Purge and Trap, and the Aquatech 100 for VOCs and THMs, GCMS with SPEMI for taste and odor compounds, GCECD for nine HAAAs, ICPMS for metals, IC for anions and cations. He also manages Ohio and Kentucky state regulations for drinking water compliance for disinfection byproducts and VOCs. I'm so lucky and grateful that you are here taking the time today to sit down with me and we're going to talk all about the 2014 Elk River chemical spill and your role in creating a method to identify and detect the compound as it came down the Ohio River and into the Greater Cincinnati Waterworks intake. So welcome Naranjan. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Mavis, and thank you, Amy, for having me. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you for the introduction. For a little background on the 2014 Elk River chemical spill. So the spill occurred on January 9th, 2014, when crude 4-methyl-cyclohexanemethanol, or we will continue to call it MCHM, was released from a Freedom Industries facility into the Elk River, a tributary of the Kanawha River in Charleston, West Virginia. And then, of course, the Kanawha River then flows into the Ohio River. The chemical spill occurred upstream from the principal West Virginia American Water Intake and Treatment and Distribution Center. Following the spill, up to 300,000 residents within nine counties in the Charleston, West Virginia metropolitan area were without access to potable water. 
crude MCHM is a chemical foam used to wash coal and remove impurities that contribute to pollution during combustion. On Tuesday, January 14th, the company revealed that the tank, which leaked about 7,500 gallons into the ground by the Elk River, had also con contained a mixture of glycol ethers, known as PPH, with a similar function as MCHM. And, you know, this going into the Ohio River, the Ohio River has a watershed of over 71,000 miles. The water comes from portions of eight different states and is a source of drinking water for over five million people. So could you just walk us through that day that you found out that there was a chemical spill? And, you know, did they release what was spilled? Did you have any kind of information? Did they release anything to the public? Yes. Absolutely, Amy. Yeah, I'm glad, you know, so you gave a pretty good introduction about the spill. Uh, it happened on January 9, 2014, and uh, our intake is around 200 miles away uh, from the Elk River. Uh, so because uh, this MCHM chemical, uh, which is a licorice uh, kind of a smell, so it's already in West Virginia. They just uh, they do not use uh, water. Uh, they have already given notice to almost 300,000 people. Because of the do not use order, media coverage was very intensive. So, due to that reason, so we we know that you know it's, it's not, uh, going to be 200 miles away. We have a little bit of time to figure it out exactly what this chemical is, what is the concentration, and do we have methods available for this uh, chemical? So, all that kind of research uh, we have to do before we do that. Uh, so, we have a Orsanco, Ohio River Sanitation Commission, which they monitor throughout the Ohio River from Cincinnati to almost like, a, you know, Pittsburgh. So they have stations everywhere. So from Kanawha River, once this spill occurred on January 9th, they informed us, hey, you know, this uh, chemical spill happened. So we don't know what the uh, background of that chemical, but it is towards the downstream, you know, it's very intensive. They already given information, West Virginia people not to drink water. So we were like, you know, what is this chemical? So according to my uh, responsibility okay so i have to dig the information regarding this mchm so there is no safety data sheet available when i do the google search there is no specific uh, information what are the physical and chemical properties of this uh, chemical compound mchm so all we know is that it smells like a licorice so i was digging more information tried to do research uh, so for before we do that uh, we have to make sure that in our uh, water quality and our supply division, uh, the intake which we draw water from the Ohio River, do we have to shut down if it is coming towards us? What is the concentration? So all these kind of questions popped up and we gathered the two groups, water supply and water quality division, you know, try to figure it out, you know, exactly, you know, so how much time it takes, what is the river, flow river, how, what is the estimated time of arrival this compound, do we have enough enough storage, do you have enough pumping? Uh, if in case we shut down our intake for two days, do you have enough water to supply our people? So all these kind of questions popped up. Then we immediately, we uh, on 10th January, it happened on January 9th, where next day, that is Friday, January 10th. So we gathered uh, two groups from our water quality division and water supply division uh, to take the uh, proper precaution and plan. 
you know, that is so nice to have Orsenko right next door to your facility and for yeah. them to share the information that they and all the data that they had been gathering from all of the monitors that they have throughout the Ohio River. Absolutely. It sounds like a really great team effort. So when you figured out what standard to buy, how did you go about doing that, researching where to buy it? Um, and when you did buy it from somewhere, did they have any sort of method parameter suggestions at all? Very good question. You know, so the, what I did is uh, once we have gathered and uh, my job is to find out this chemical, you know, so where can I get this MCHM chemical is available in the market. So I try to figure it out and nothing is available with usually like, you know, Supelco, Restec, these are the, you know, uh, good companies, you know, they don't have this chemical. Then finally, when I did the Google search, I got one company uh, from, uh, I think, uh, I forgot Colorado around that area. So they said that, yes, this chemical is available and uh, we can ship it to you overnight. I said, yes, you know, ship it to me as, as soon as possible. And I put a rush order. And this com- I think this chemical company is from Japan. They make, uh, I think, this uh, MCHM they make for this coal company, you know, to purify, like you mentioned. So Saturday, uh, I think Friday, I ordered Saturday by afternoon, I got this MCHM chemical. Now, I don't have any, uh, like I said, you know, safety data sheet. You know, all I have this chemical and I don't have any physical chemical properties. Only I know is like a licorice, very strong smell. So what I did is I have to develop the method for this compound. Then what I did is, okay, all right, I took the chemical and I just diluted in methanol and I just tried to run first like a, I diluted like 100 ppb and run, see, we don't know exactly, you know, so purging trap, how efficient it is, you know, so all those kind of things I have to literally from the scratch, I have to develop the method for this MCHM chemical. So luckily by Sunday, I figured it out, okay, this eluting this compound around 13 minutes, I use the, our uh, purging trap, we have a stratum and a purging trap as well as the Aquatec 70 auto sampler at that time we have Tecmar, you know, so luckily, you know, so it really worked out. Only thing is I changed that when I'm developing the method, I have to change the uh, purging trap temperature. Usually it's at 30 to 35 degrees. I have to bump it up to 50 degrees to get a better sensitivity for this MCHM. By Sunday night, I got a good calibration. I know exactly where it is coming. The only the thing is there are two isomers for this compound. You know, it's, a, it's like a, a which isomer is coming, when or what. So that is a little bit difficult. Then again, I increase the uh, concentration of the standard I ran. Then I know, okay, which is a cis, which is a trans. I figured it out. Then finally, I put a calibration by Sunday night. So I developed the method. So we know that the river, based on the river flow, we are going to get by Tuesday. So it comes to around our intake by Tuesday evening or Tuesday night. So by that time, I already, you know, kept ready, developed the method and kept it ready for the analysis. Oh yeah, heating the sample during purge using a sparger heater will increase the purge efficiency and get that compound, you know, to come out of the water, out of that sample and concentrate it onto the trap. So what concentration of MCHM were you seeing in the water? When when the when it started coming towards our because Otsanko already sent us some samples because they collected from the Huntington 
West Virginia, the concentration where we, when we saw there almost like a 100, 150 ppb because that was pretty close to the uh, uh, Kanawha River, West uh, Huntington. And also we got from Kanawha River, we got like a, almost like a, a thousand ppb because it's very concentrated in that area. So Huntington, 100 ppb, we got it. Okay, I, I just ran it. I, I keep on, we are getting samples. And, you know, after Huntington, we, they come down to the little bit uh, further away from Huntington. So it is reducing the concentration. By the time when we ran, I, I think it came on uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday early morning, we saw around 10 to 20 uh, ppb range of uh, MCHM chemical. Wow. For how large the Ohio River is, right. that still seems like a pretty high concentration. Yes, yes. And it was, we, we shut down the completely intake for two days and we make sure that water supply, we have a two storage uh, facilities, which uh, uh, stores around 150 million gallons. So we store in case if you have to shut down for a long period of time. So we have enough water to supply our uh, greater Cincinnati. So that is the reason why. So we our water supply people really, they also work day and night, make sure it's everything is ready to go. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing team effort. Oh my gosh, you know it's. I mean, it it is it is amazing. Like you know, we gather water supply division, water quality division, and also uh, we involved EPA. You know, so CDC and all uh, you know the uh, health department. Everybody been informed, and and it is a big news. Like you said, you know, so it's in West Virginia, and people are not drinking water there for four or five days. You know, it's completely licorice smell. So we don't want to get into our intake. You know, that is the reason why we shut down our intake once I developed the method. And uh, we have a crew. Again, once we develop the method, how do we have to collect the sample? Where do we have to collect the sample? You know, so what is the best location? How many people required? Because it is like a 24 by 7 keep on with some. Since Sunday night, we are just Monday, Tuesday, we are gathering people. And also we involved MSD. And also we involved the Northern Kentucky Water District because they are just our intake and their intake are side by side on the Ohio River. So we ask them to collect the samples and our crew, we send them every one hour uh, since Sunday night, we have been collecting the sample. Besides that, we also have a taste and order uh, we created because uh, so what we did is we put a one PPB standard in the water and we asked people to smell it. So they are getting that licorice smell. So when it came, when we went and collect the samples, as soon as we come, the taste and odor group is there. They, they just look at the smell. Oh, boy, it's, it's smelling, you know. So then based on that, the concentration approximately, they're estimating at the same time. I took those samples and running on the instrument on the uh, GCMS with the uh, Tecmar purging trap and the aquatic 70-auto uh, sampler. When did you start seeing it in collected samples? Uh, we saw around uh, Tuesday uh, Tuesday night to uh, Wednesday morning around seven eight o'clock. It is started dissipating, you know. So I have a, like a peak came around in the middle of the night, like Tuesday night one o'clock, early morning Wednesday morning, and by four or five o'clock six o'clock it it just went down. So around I think by ten eleven o'clock pretty much, you know, we haven't uh, seen everything. Is that twenty thirty ppb is gone. Did you share your method with Northern Kentucky Water District or Downriver and yes, to Louisville yes. Water? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. You know, Northern Kentucky people they called us, and I've I have been communicating with them. 
I sent the method to them at the same time, Louisville Water also, you know, they contacted, we have been communicating and also the state of Kentucky people, they asked me the method and also from EPA from Maryland, you know, they asked me, you know, so can you, which is a cis, which is a, they wanted to make sure the cis and trans isomer, I showed around 13 minutes in the chromatogram, we use a 7890 Agilent GCMS. So I send them all the data, information, spectras, everything, you know, so, and uh, I send them, when I send the method, Kentucky also, they ran it, but by the time it passed through the Kentucky, it's pretty much gone. Nothing is, you know, they didn't, they didn't de detect any MCHM. And how long were you monitoring for it? Did you turn the intake back on by Wednesday night when you, when it had passed? No, what we did is just say safe side, we just shut down until Thursday because we have enough storage water for two days. So I think Thursday morning, we we just turned on our intake. So we didn't even turn on whole Wednesday, uh, whole day, just to be the safe side, you know, so make sure that, you know, it's completely gone. So we keep on testing every one hour, collecting the water sample from our intake. It's like a uh, big Jordan that's uh, 10 miles away from our intake. And uh, also there is a, a Meldal Dam that is a 25 miles away. So these are the two locations uh, very close to our intake. So we just every one hour we are going and collecting samples there throughout uh, Tuesday night as well as a whole Wednesday until the Wednesday night. And even Thursday morning, you know, we just collected, make sure that nothing is there. And also we use the powered activated carbon, PAC, which is, you know, absorbs all the organic stuff, carbon. So we nearby our intake, make sure that our raw water, we put some PSE in case if anything uh, gets into, you know, passing through by our intake, just don't want to be, get those chem tough chemicals into our intake. Did you continue testing for it after the intake was turned back on? Yes, yes, we, we did whole week. I mean, just we haven't stopped on Thursday. So we, we just continuously, we keep on collecting the water sample because we have a method, people are there to collect the samples. We keep on running every one hour. So until Sunday, you know, Sunday night, then we were, we haven't found anything. It's nothing is there. So we, we, as usual, I think Friday, we started our intake back to normal. Again, what a tremendous team effort to ensure public safety. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, you know, because uh, from Tuesday to Thursday, it was intensive because Kentucky Water District, they are also collecting samples for us from their, their intake and to make sure that they, they also shut down uh, their intake because they are watching us because as soon as we say, hey, you know, it's everything is fine, they started their intake also. At the same time, Louisville, because it is downstream for Louisville, you know, so by the time it went to Louisville, we haven't found anything. I mean, it is pretty pretty clear that, you know, there is no MCHM chemical. They also started doing the analysis, you know, in Louisville also, but they haven't found anything. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. I am sure our listeners have learned a lot about how chemical spills affect public health and how drinking water treatment facilities are always on alert and ready to take the necessary action to protect the public. Yeah, thank you, Amy. One thing I want to tell you that it's not like a business, but, uh, but Tecma really helped us a lot, you know, so we, they're, they're purging trap and as well as the aquatic cemeteries, uh, workahars, especially for the drinking water. It was excellent and they are local. It is really a big help for us from Tecmar also. And thank you, I appreciate for giving me this opportunity. 
Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for taking the time today, Naranjan. All right. You have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tax Tech Talk podcast. For more information about our products and the solutions we offer, please visit www.teledyneacs.com. If you like this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing this show. That way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you.